face. I'm Kim Krall. I am reporting to you not live from my closet. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, it is late on Wednesday. I am not in the mood to do this. I feel like if I just say that right away, I've re-recorded this like three times too because I got really heated within the first like minute of it. And I was like, maybe we ought to ease into the anger. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't recorded in two weeks. I was, you know, doing really well with doing the like week in advance and I'll get back on that for you. Patreon subscribers. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate all of you, obviously. But I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I haven't recorded since this whole, uh, the Supreme Court leak, leakage of, leakage of uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. And I'm just, just really angry. I'm just really angry. Angry. I'm sad. The like hypocrisy and hate and ignorance that's coming out of the other side is just, I just, I can't fucking believe we're still here, man. I just can't. I opened the, oh my God, I can't breathe either. I opened, I opened, uh, I, I've been trying to start this now for like 20 minutes and I keep opening with that and I'm getting so angry, but I'm just really sad. And I appreciate people, I appreciate men who are, you know, posting about it and, you know, standing, saying something. Um, I was so angry for a few days when people were just like, oh my God, here's something that has nothing to do with this like massive thing that is going to happen. And, and then I had another guy who messaged me. He always messages me like shaming, condescending, like accusing, you know, uh, messages on Instagram. Like I'm like this, like, I, I don't know, but it, it was like, this is how Trump got elected. And I was like, dude, just fucking leave me alone. Fucking leave me alone. Um, <laughs> it's like, unless you're on our side and you don't like, you don't have a uterus. No, what, it, what is the Jennifer Aniston? What was it? What's her name? Rachel, Rachel on friends was like, bop, 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 no uterus, no opinion, bop, bop, no. And that's, that's exactly it. No uterus, no fucking opinion. And I, I, you know, I can't imagine if I have any listeners that have made it this far in crawl space, not agreeing with that. Um, I, I have lost a lot of friends and followers on all of the socials because of my pro-choice opinion. I believe on the, I believe any other opinion is just such a dumb, it's just such a dumb opinion to have. It's just like, it's not even ignorance. It's just, you're just dumb. It's dumb, dude. Like to like, like to not open up your small brain to like, look at why I'm just so angry and I'm starting at it again. All right. I'm not starting over. Um, but just know that I have been in a really big funk since this whole thing has happened. And it just feels really helpless. Cause it's just like, there's literally nothing we can do. We can march. I mean, we can vote, but there's still like, there's just like still sketchy ash trash that is going to like, manipulate and maneuver the system Mitch McConnell to be in charge and it just it makes me feel really helpless and hopeless and uh the only thing I can do is just keep you know opening my mouth and voting and educating myself and you know working towards a goal of one day maybe running for some sort of government office I, I've talked about that before but I don't know. Part of me is like, should I move that up? I mean, just Jesus fucking Christ. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, you know, I've been, there's been like a cloud of sadness around that. And Mother's Day was a few days ago. And you know, man, Mother's Day hit me a lot harder than it normally. I'm so sad right now. I, um, I did start a new birth control, uh, like two months ago. And so I know my hormones are a little funky because of that, but my boobs look great. Like I'm crying all the time, but my boobs look fantastic and I'm not giving them up, man. I'm not, I just cry now. I just, and I cried a lot before, but I didn't have these wonderful boobs. So, I mean, I did, but now they're, they're like full and I don't know, still kind of want to get implants, but these are, these are, these are nice. Um, oh man, I have a hard time breathing. I have it. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, so there's just been like this cloud of sadness. And then Mother's Day is always Mother's Day. Mother's and Father's Day is always a tough one for me. It just is. I mean, you know, if you've listened this long, you know, I, I don't have I didn't have the best of relationships with my parents. Uh, one is alive. I don't know where she is. I don't believe I will probably ever talk to her again or see her again. And I don't know, days like Mother's Day, it, it, it makes me sad. Um, 
for all kinds of reasons. And, you know, I was talking to a friend and she, she has, uh, you know, uh, someone in her life who has a strange relationship with their mother. And it's just, and then another friend of mine, this is her first Mother's Day without her mom. And it's just a tough day for some people. Uh, I try to stay off of social media on that those days just because, um, I, and it's not that I'm not happy for all of you who have happy, great moms. It's not that, it's, uh, you know, every other 364 days of the year, I feel, you know, great for you. But that day is just tough for me. Um, and this year it hit me a little bit harder. Uh, it hit me a little bit harder. I just, I, and you know, I think I was a little sick last week and I, I don't know, man, I'm just in a funk and that's just part of being human. And I, you know, my, my little sister and I were on the phone and are texting and I appreciate that she wasn't like trying to fix me. It was just like, yeah, sometimes being a human, sometimes when you're a human, it just equals being a little sad and in a funk and, the only thing you can do is just like accept it and, uh, you know, keep moving, keep swimming, rest if you must, you know, and I have been resting a whole lot the last few days. Finally got food in my fridge. It's just, I've just been like, I don't know. And I, I debated even doing this today. I debated, I was like, do I really want it? But I, 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 I think, I mean, um, what I always feel is it's important to share the shit as well as the good stuff. Cause the shit is like what, brings us not brings us together but I mean just just like I said you know last week or a couple weeks ago when I before I was going to see my 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 friend Anna's brother's play which I I haven't talked about um I think it's important to talk about these hard things I struggle with mental illness and depression and you know I've been in a funk the last few days I did I went out on Saturday night with um some old friends and you know, I mean, I had a the great time, but the truth is, is, you know, after a night of, of partying, drinking, uh, no matter how fun and great it was, you know, I, I still puts a cloud of like, it's a depressant, I guess. I don't know. And I think I didn't ever notice it before um, because it was like a, you know, weekly, daily thing, you know? And so it was just like part of how I felt all the time was, you know, that and it's such a hard thing to talk about but and I hate that I had a fun great night and I have this like shame around it you know like I didn't I can have a drink and not blow up my life and I can you know go out and get drunk and have a good time but I, I it, it, it fucks with my my mental health um and not anything happened you know what I mean like I was trying to like be like what the fuck happened that made me so sad but I think before the you know before uh I started to work on myself I guess I don't you know before I got into ACA and before I got COVID or before the lockdowns really the lockdown I was when I really started to like pull back my like partying um which is something I'm grateful for. A lot of people went the other direction of just like, well, I'll just be drunk every day in my home. Oh my God, I think I would have killed myself. Uh, and, and like, and I'm not laughing at it because I, I think it's true, but I, uh, it's so funny. It's just, I think I never noticed it before because feeling sad was just such an everyday thing for me. That's such a sad thing to admit. And maybe I put, well, I don't think I need to put a trigger warning on any of my podcasts. I feel like they're all one big trigger warning. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I just, I, I was, I was always kind of sad. So when I'm feet, when I feel this way now, it, it, it's harder somehow, you know? Um, so yeah, I, you know, I went out on Saturday and I was really hung over on Sunday and all of my, you know, we, I was on a group chain and all of us were like, oh, hangovers hit you harder when you're in your late thirties, early forties, you know, but like every, it was a fun night. It was fun. And, but I just felt like a, in a funk the last few days. And, um, you know, and I think that that wasn't just, you know, that I think it's also the news is, is really getting to me. I don't understand how we're all just existing. You know what I mean? We're all just like paying our silly little bills and making our silly little bed. And the world is literally imploding around us. And we're just like going to jobs. And you know, it's funny. So I have this thing that I need to figure out and I never have yet. Um, I don't know, like 
five months ago, I got this package in the mail from uh, Japan, I think. And I opened it up and it was a Gucci Mickey Mouse t-shirt. And I, I think it obviously probably wasn't real Gucci. I mean, it's a nice feeling t-shirt. It's just, I have no idea where it came from. And it's just, it's sitting here next to my, my uh, I don't know why it's here, actually. I have no idea why it's here. But yeah, so I think I've just been in a funk and I, I debated not recording, but then I was like, you know, man, I want to show the good and the bad because I'm a human and sometimes I feel down and, you know, uh, it's just wild, I guess. I guess. And, and also every time I drink, it brings out like all of my long haul COVID um, symptoms, like big time, like big time for like a week. That's why I don't do it very often, but it was a good friend's birthday. Another good friend was in town. I don't know, man. I, I, I toy with the, just like maybe ever again, but I do like a occasional glass of wine here and there. <sighs> These aren't real problems, but I am sad. I am sad. Uh, the guy that I had a crush on. Yeah. Had, I don't think he's the guy, guys. I just don't think he's the guy. Some stuff took place that I'm going to keep private in the last couple of days that was just like, oh, he's a lot like the Seattle guy, you know. But I mean, a different, you know, obviously a different guy. And he actually lives here, too. So that's, you know, big ups to me for at least picking someone who lives close. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I... So I was working all these events for the company I work for. Um, I was working the Netflix as a joke. And I also worked Florence and the Machine. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I was working the uh, bartending those festivals. And I saw this guy. So, okay. I was like talking to my bar back, a bar back and one of the bartenders about this dude I have a crush on. Right. And I was telling the whole story, the whole story. And I don't think this guy's not into me, but I don't think he's not, not into me. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I don't think he's into me, but I don't think he's not, I, I don't know. But I like, like if I text him right now, he'd respond right away. But it's like, I, I just, I, I don't know. So I'm telling that, and I'm not going to get into the whole story because I, I had a, a harsh reality hit me last week. So I'm telling this bartender that I work with and I'm telling this bar back to this like long story about like how this guy isn't doing exactly what I want him to do, you know, and all these expectations I have on some random dude that I really don't know that well. And as I'm talking, this guy I haven't seen in 20 years, or I have seen in 20 years, but I knew him 20 years ago when I first moved to Los Angeles, 19 years ago, when I first moved to Los Angeles, we used to work together in that sketchy phone room I've told you guys about. And if I haven't, that's wild. I'm positive. I told you about that, but I worked in the sketchy phone room and uh, not sketchy. It was a pretty good, like we, we raised money for really good causes, but we, it was just a, you know, it was just a lot of bizarre characters in there. And there was a guy that I used to, he was one of our like friends, right? So we all sat together and every day we'd have fun. And he, you know, he's been an old friend for a long time. And we give, you know, he was randomly there. We give each other a hug and, and whatever. And I was like, and then the, the bar back and the bar, he leaves and the bar back and the bartender go, oh, he keep telling us the story about the guy. And I was like, oh my God, I, I can't. I was like that guy right there, 19 years ago, 21 year old Kim was sitting in a phone room telling him a story about how some dopey guy didn't like her and she was sad or he didn't call. It was like, literally, I'm like, oh my God, you're just as far in as you'll ever be out. You have to change this up. You have to fucking change this up. I was like, I can't. I've been doing this for like, this is, and you know, sometimes it works out. They become your boyfriend and it's great for a while. I mean, I haven't found the guy yet or the girl yet. I haven't found the person yet, but like, they haven't worked out thus far. And I just saw this, like, I don't know how to describe where I was like, never mind, it doesn't matter. Because I honestly, it was like, I'm more bothered that I'm bothered. But then I saw my buddy and I was like, oh my God, you've been literally doing this for 19 years and probably longer. I think I told you guys this years ago, uh, or, uh, years ago, episodes ago, but I was, um, when I, when I lived at the fraternity in college, I, you know, we didn't really have cell phones. We did, but no one used them. It was like, oh, I have a cell phone. It's never on, you know, it's such a wild time, just a very different time. And so we had answering machines and yes, I had four roommates and we did have the, hi, it's Sarah and Chris and Stoltz. You know, we had the whole, like, whatever. It was very cute, but very embarrassing. Um, answering machine. And I remember I came home one night and I walk in and my roommate Stoltz is in there. And I was like, did anybody call for me? Like that hopeful, you know, and he's like, nope. And I went, oh, okay. 
and I got visibly sad. And he goes, he goes, I promise you the guy's going to call. And I was like, you think? And he's like, yeah, but this is how it's going to play out. This guy's not going to call for a few days and you're going to mope around for a few days because he hasn't called. And then he'll call you and ask you to hang out and you'll panic because you don't actually want to hang out with him. You just like the chase. And then you'll avoid his phone calls for like a week and a half until he finally gives up. And then you meet another guy. You're bummed out. That's not calling you. And then he'll call you. And I was like, what? And he was like, and you know, I wrote a whole goddamn book about this, about how you pick on available people. And I guess... I'm still fucking doing it, man. I'm just doing it. And that sucks. And it's, you know, I used to talk to my, my, uh, old sponsor about this, about, you know, relapses, I guess is the best word for them. I mean, in my program, it's not relapse like a substance, but it's more of like an emotional relapse where you go back to old behavior, go back to the inner drugstore, if you will. Um, and we were talking about emotional relapses and how, when you're more aware of your your defects and your shitty behavior, not shitty. Me liking this guy wasn't shitty. I'm not putting myself down. In fact, I'm proud of myself that it's only been like a month of me having this little crush and then me realizing, oh, not the droid I'm looking for. I will move on. Like, I'm proud of myself for recognizing that, you know, I'm, I'm, I normally, I would have hung on for another eight months, you know? Um, and now I'm just like, no, it's a little painful now, but I am, I'm going to clap out of this one. And I'm picking my nose a bunch. I got to catch up on YouTube. I have such a long to-do list that I just want to lay down. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've just been in a funk and laying down so much lately. But like we were talking about our defects and how a defect, but you know, and so when you do go into the emotional relapse and you do go into old behavior, it is so much more painful when you're aware of your shitty behavior, it's so like when you're just walking into a burning building and you're not, you don't know it's burning. It, 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 it's not that painful, right? Until the, you know, the burn or whatever, until the fire. But like when you're walking into a burning building and you know, it's a fucking burning building. Oh, the awareness is so painful. The awareness is so painful. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could be wrong about this fellow, but I'm just going to let it be, man. I'm going to just let it be. And then it brings me back to a, another uh, cool thing another sponsor gave to me years and years ago. Uh, she was my sponsor in Al-Anon. She was a cool lady. Um, I was sad about some other, you know, douchebag. I, I think I'm just, I'm just, oh, I'm just not interested anymore. I am... I am done, which will make the sexual revolution. I'll catch up on my sex life and then we'll see where we're at. Who knows? You know what I mean? Uh, plus, I'm going to Thailand in a month. I don't want to have to have some dude. This is a spin out of a crazy person. Um, ah, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. My friend used to say, or my old sponsor used to say, as this is so true. So I was sad about some douchebag and she was like, just let it be. She's like, men are like rubber bands. And I was like, what? And she said, men are like rubber bands. Women are not. Uh, if you let a man go, he will snap back to you no matter what. You know how they're always like, they always come back. They always fucking come back. They may not always come, like obviously eventually they stop the, but they'll come back at least once, always, right? Like men, they, they always come back. So men are like rubber bands. You let them go far enough, they'll snap back. Um, uh, I, I said this in front of a man the other day and he did not like this, but I was like, ah. every woman in the room was like, yeah, yeah, we all know that. And even he was like, well, yeah, I guess I, if you like, it's like, I, I don't know what it is, if it's an ego thing or what, but you let a man go far long enough, they'll, they'll snap back to you. Women are not like rubber bands. You let us go far enough and we get over here and then we're like, oh, you know what? I'm okay now. I don't need you anymore. Um, that is a very generalized blanket, but I, it, it is, it is, it has all, it has, uh, been proven true and true over and over again for me. Oh man. So I did, I worked a co I worked a bunch of events last week at some venues. It was fun. It was fun to bartend in a place. I'm bartending at the nightclub I worked at this weekend. If you're in Koreatown and you want to come to a Korean nightclub, I'll be there. Um, but it's so, it, I, a few things happened. I got yelled at by two dudes and I would like to tell them now. One of them was a famous guy. Okay. So with this company that I work for, and this happens at like most events. I mean, I've never been to a football game and tried to order 14 beers, but most events, so I'm assuming it's there too, but like most events, you there the liquor license of the company that is working can only sell you a certain amount of alcohol, right? So 
a certain amount of like, I don't know, you can each, so each adult person, each adult person with a wristband can get two drinks. That is, that is, that is every event I've worked at, whatever. Right. So this guy comes up and he is, you know, the concert's going on. This is Florence and Machine, which by the way, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. She is talented, man. She's so talented and cool. So like it was at the Los Angeles theater, I believe. And downtown is so fucking wild, man. Like you walk, it's so sketchy. It's so sketchy. But then you walk inside these like sketch ass buildings and it's like the most beautiful architecture, like historical building you've ever walked into in your life. So it's beautiful. And she's like the concert, the doors open at six and you need to be there at six bitch didn't go on until 8.30 and Noah, like they had a harpist. It was, it was so beautiful, but every, the Florence, the machine fans are so nice, except for this guy. I will tell you about this guy now, but everybody else was like, yeah, I guess we do have to, you know, uh, we don't know why we had to get here so early, but we'll wait. She didn't have an opener. She played two hours. It was, she was and part hat, like, like halfway through the show. She was like, you know what I'm going to ask everybody to do? I'm going to ask you all to put down your phones. Just put them down let's just be here together. She was like, look, look to the person to your left and your right. And if everyone, you know, if someone has their phone out, just be like, hi, my name is and introduce yourself. And maybe we could just be here together for a minute. Oh fuck. I might cry again. I mean, to be fair, I cried a lot way before the birth control, but now I have these boobs. Um, so you know, so the concert's going on. So there's not that many people at my bar and you know, this guy comes up and he's alone and there's a woman standing behind him. They're not together. Right. And he's like, can I have four drinks? And I was like, Oh, um, I can give you four drinks if you have another adult human with you, but I can only give you two. He's like, what are you serious? Come on, just give me the four drinks. And I was like, no, I'll literally lose my job. It's our liquor license. So it's against the law for me to give you more. And he's like, come on. So his friend comes out and he goes, Hey man, will you stand here while she makes me two more drinks? And he's like, what? No, fine. But you have to hurry and snaps in my face and goes, you have to hurry because I have to go to the bathroom. And I just like, and I'm not like a 25 year old bartender anymore where I'm like, okay, sir, I'm so sorry. I was like, excuse me. I was like, dude, I'm not going to hurry up and make drinks so you can go to the bathroom. Just go to the bathroom and I'll make him too. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm not like, I'm, you, I'm not, I'm not dealing with you snapping in my face. That's not, I don't operate that way. And he was like, fine, fine. I'll wait. Just do it. Just make the drinks. So I make all four drinks put them out bathroom guys like, well, I don't have to wait here. Cause you already made them and ran off. And I was like, are you motherfucking kidding me? And then the other guy goes, can I still take them? And I was like, honestly, dude, just pay and go, just go like so fucking rude. Just go. But I didn't say the rude part. I was just like, just go. I just don't want to get in trouble. And he grabs and he leaves. I think he didn't tip me well. He was like, Oh, I wish I had more money or something. He had some like shit. The whole thing was just shitty. Right. Then this girl comes up to me, the girl next, the girl after him, She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, yeah, it's all right. And it was like, that's that guy's life everywhere. Anyone who treats you that way as like a, a person in, the, in any industry, if a customer treats you that way, just please take it, like take this advice. Someone gave this to me a long time ago. My buddy was a congregate, con, I can't say that word at a hotel. Con, congregate, congregate, fuck, doesn't matter. Uh, at the hotel and uh, this, uh, guy one time couldn't get his card to work, his key card to work. And he's just screaming at my buddy. And my buddy was like, sir, we can get you another card, but uh, this should work for everything. He's like, well, it's not. Are you calling me stupid screaming at him? So he gets the card. He goes to the elevator. It works. And he's like, yes, sir. Maybe he's like, no, you must have fucking about screaming. And he was like, all right, well, here you go, sir. Have a good day. And he goes, I was like, oh my God. He goes, well, no, I know that that I just have to deal with that human right now. That human has to have those kind of encounters all the time because that's him. He's awful. That's all the time, right? And I was like, oh, shit. So the girl comes up and she goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I was like, yeah, well, you know, that guy has probably a rough life. Like, if that's how all of his encounters are, it must just be a really shitty existence. And he go- she goes, yeah, but what really sucks is they're really famous, And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, they're like, I'm like a big, I was a big fan of both of them. And like, I'm just so disappointed. I saw them treat someone that way. 
And I was like, oh shit. And then I asked who they were and they were some choreographers. Jesus, I can't say congregy, congregy, congergies. I don't know, whatever. We all have gaps of knowledge, okay? Um, but but she was like, that. it's just so sad. But yeah, they were like choreographers or some shit. I wouldn't know that world. So when she told me who they were, I was like, yeah, I don't know who that is and I don't care. Um, but, uh, oh, Oh, I just got so excited. My God. Um, uh, I thought I saw that. I am, even though I'm not interested anymore, doesn't mean I'm not still bummed out about this dude with the crush. I thought he just texted me and I was like, Oh, maybe no, no, no. You're just as far in as you'll ever be out unless you fucking switch some stuff. And I, I, I don't know. It was just such a weird daunting moment to see that guy from 19 years ago and be like, oh my God, 19 years ago, I was doing this exact same thing. And look at me. I just get so excited that this fucking dude texts me. Um, ah, it's not a, not a good look. Not a good look for me right now. And then another guy. So another night I was working this uh, one of the comedy festivals and at the bar and I am a good bartender. Uh, the people who I have bartended with who will refute that uh, are not very good bartenders and or it was the place that I worked at that I was sexually harassed and had to quit because they took the guy who sexually harassed me side. I don't hold resentment towards those people, but they do like to tell me that I wasn't a very good bartender often. And I'm like, I've never gotten that literally anywhere except here, literally anywhere except here. Um, which is a fun coincidence because I had to quit because I was sexually harassed. Uh, but, but like I'm a good bartender and I'm, I'm good at like, I was working with my, my friend Katie at that golf tournament a couple of months ago. And she's like, we were slam busy and you never stopped moving, but you also never stopped being personable with everyone. You're getting everyone to laugh and you're working and you're like, that's how I make my money. So fuck off random guy. This guy comes up. So I'm it's, you know, it's before the show. So everyone's trying to get a drink before the show. All the lines are busy and uh, I, you know, I'm talking to this, like these four people and making their drinks and we're, you know, we're bringing them up or whatever. And this guy comes up and he goes from the back of the line. He goes, excuse me, can I just like get a drink and not have to hear you talk to everybody? I just, I have a show I need to go to and you're just chatting it up. Can I just get a drink and then you can go back to making friends? And uh, like literally everyone in line just stopped and because it was such a different like like mood than everyone else. And I was just like, Hey man, I'm bartending. I'm just talking to people cause I'm bartending and seeing how they're doing, but I'm going to keep making their drinks cause they were first. Also, everyone has a show to go to. That's why you're all here. And then I went back to the girl that I was talking to and I was like, so you did want sour or whatever I was asking her. And she's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what are you fucking sorry about? And then what was even worse is that guy storms off, makes his wife stay. And then his wife is like shaking uncomfortable, like trying, like she's like, we didn't have the beer he wanted. Uh, we did find out later that we actually did have that beer, which is hilarious. But he, she was like, can I get a Corona? And I was like, oh, we don't have that. We just have Bud Light. And she, it was so sad because she was like, oh my God, I don't think he's going to be okay with that. Oh, go ask him. It's just like, oh my God, can you imagine? I would way rather live the rest of my life alone with my booties. That's Those are my cats. Than ever, ever put up with someone who acts that way. And he leaves, you know, she runs off, but everyone in line was like, oh my God. And then the bar back goes, you know, what's really funny. I was watching you talk to everybody. And I, before that guy came up, I literally thought, man, she hasn't stopped moving and making drinks, but she's still like being fun and friendly. What a cunt, right? Not the bar back, the guy. <sighs> it's been, so it's been, I, I haven't had several days of just like bartending that kind of thing. Normally when I do the festivals, it's like, one long 12 hour day, but I make like two weeks worth of stuff. Right. And so it, it, it's just been, I, I don't know, man. And I'm disappointed about my crush. I'm just disappointed. Uh, and you know what? I, without getting into details, maybe I will another day or, you know, in the future or whatever, when I have more perspective on the whole thing, he didn't do anything. Nothing happened. It just was like, Oh, this guy isn't what I'm looking for. And sometimes never actually 
do I wait until never do I go like when the first red flag goes off, normally I go, it'll be fine and dig my heels in the sand. Again, I wrote a whole fucking book about this, about how I'm like, I will, I will ship like, like shape shift a red flag to make you make it, make it into like, not a red flag, you know, shape shift a red flag all the time. And this time I am, you know, trying to shift. So 19 years from now, I'm not running into some guy, one of those barbacks being like, fuck 19 years from now, we all might be dead. So I won't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I'm just a little disappointed, uh, just a little disappointed. And I think that's okay. When my uncle died a few months ago, I was, um, God, that was only a few months ago. Isn't that wild? I was, I met this woman at the bar, uh, in December when he died. A uh, nice woman. And, but, you know, I was just like, oh, it's been a you know rough day or whatever. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I was like, my uncle passed away. It was like my dad. And she was like, oh. And then she went into trying to fix it mode. And I was like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> like, I'm just sad. And like, oh, you don't have to make me not sad. Like, there's not gonna be anything you can say or do that'll make me not sad. In fact, it's just kind of annoying. It, it's kind of dismissive of my feelings. If you try to like make it not sad, you know, and I know like, and she messaged me, I don't know, a couple days later and she goes, that literally changed my life. I, I, I've been going around trying to fix and change people to make everyone feel better. And you're right. Sometimes, sometimes you're just sad. Sometimes you're just disappointed. I'm really disappointed and sad. The state of the world, uh, you know, and I had a crush on a guy that just turned out not to be the droid I'm looking for. And that is fine. That is fine. And, you know, uh, I don't even know, man. I, I still don't feel very well, which kind of freaks me out. Um, I can't get COVID for a third time, right? It felt like a cold. I slept for like two days and then I felt better. But now, you know, I have been also been really tired. Ah, oh, fuck. As I'm having the realization, I can't get COVID a third time. I probably will, actually. I feel like some of us will just get COVID once a year and that'll just be that. I am in a weird mood. Um, but yeah, uh, so I did go to my, my friend's brother's play a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it was tough to watch. It was really tough to watch. Uh, I don't know if, I don't remember the last time I recorded. I know, I think it was like two weeks ago. Um, I haven't written to him yet and I will. I just, it's a lot to process. It was based on her. The actress that played Anna fucking knocked it out of the park and that was really hard to watch. That was, that was really weird to watch your good friend, like one of your best friends who died be reincarnated on stage by someone else. I don't know how to explain that. Um, it's interesting. There, there's, you know, many people have had to see that in their lives. Uh, movies are made after a lot of dead people all the time. Uh, but it was just, it was just really weird. And it was based on her. So the storyline wasn't exactly her, but I think her brother, it had to have been really cathartic for him to, to write out those feelings and, and get those emotions out. It was tough, man. It was tough. Um, it was tough, dude. I'm glad I went. I'm really glad I went. I went with safe people. I cried. I sobbed. Uh, I don't know. That's all I'll say about that. I guess. Um, I did have, uh, we'll make, we'll take a little left turn here take a little left turn. Uh, I, this was brought up. I was on unpopular opinion. I don't know, a week ago. Uh, it's a podcast that I'm on every now and then. Um, the guy who I have my monthly Patreon podcast with Jeff may, uh, we, um, he co-hosts a bunch of stuff on unpopular opinion. And it's also a network, like a podcast network. Um, I don't know in the middle of that show, I, I brought up my Paul McCartney disbelief that I don't believe Paul McCartney's alive. Um, I mean, I believe technically Paul McCartney's alive because Billy Shears has been Paul McCartney longer than Paul McCartney was Paul McCartney. So like Paul McCartney number two has been Paul McCartney longer than Paul McCartney number one was. So he's technically Paul McCartney. Um, I did bring that up on there. And so he was like, I think we're going to have you on the conspiracy show. And then he's like, I've slam dunk evidence that Paul McCartney 
the only way I'll believe it is if there's DNA evidence. And I don't think that anybody thought that when Paul McCartney died, that 25 years, 40 years from now, we're going to have to be proving this. So let's take his DNA and no one's going to excavate a body. Well, there are a lot of words I just can't say. What are you going to do? So we're on this and we're the show hasn't started. So I don't think you can even listen to this unless it's on, uh, unless you're on their Patreon. Cause uh, we were just chatting and this came up and I haven't thought about this. I'm going to say in years, 25 years, I don't even know how it came up. So when I was in high school, I don't even know if, you know, when you're in, okay, <laughs> Well, here we go. When I was in high school and I don't, your body, your vagina changes a lot when you grow up. Right. And the only way I can describe it, a lot of male friends of mine are always like, yeah, I like to go commando. And I'm always confused when female friends of mine go commando because like, I was talking to a girlfriend about this the other day. We were talking about girls, like how guys are like, you wear panties. It's like, well, yeah, we do. Why? Shit comes out of there. Like shit comes out of our vaginas. Right. But that doesn't really happen until you're like eight, like in puberty. I don't believe anyway, but I know like, so at that certain point, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I said it on fucking unpopular opinion. And it was, uh, it was a interesting wild story. But so my best friend and I, we found out about yeast infections and we were like, and, you know, we came to each other and we're like, oh my God, is this what's happening? And I don't know. I just don't think that like, I mean, I know why I wasn't taught about most of that stuff. Cause like the woman, the mom in my life was not around. Uh, I just sort of figured out all that stuff. In fact, this best friend of mine was the person who helped me put in a tampon. In fact, one time she put, tried to help me put it in by literally putting it in. And she was like, I have nightmares about that. Nightmares about that. Uh, about you just like my legs up in the air, me on my back and her with the tampon trying to put it in. And so I don't, I don't want to speak to how her mom was, but all I know is no one taught us about yeast infections. And we found out yeast infections make your vagina itchy and shit comes out of there, right? Little did we know that sometimes your vagina just itches. That just, some, just like sometimes your leg itches, right? And, you know, shit comes out of there all the time anyway. And, and, and like, yes, again, uh, yeast infections, obviously, this is so gross. I can't believe I'm telling you this, but uh, here we are. Um, like yeast infections, obviously they're really itchy and then like bad shit comes out of there, but we didn't know the difference, but we found out about yeast infections. So we started spending a lot of time in the feminine care aisle. And you know, one time we, I just remember we were like, I don't know, like 16 and we got Burger King and we went to King Supers, which was like our grocery store, our Kroger or whatever. And we, um, sat down at the aisle, the feminine care aisle, where there was the monostats, that's, that's yeast infection treatment. And we just like pulled it out and we just read all the backs. And I think about that now and just how, you know, like I kind of admire high school Kim and her friend because we just did not give a single fuck what people thought of us. Like, I don't know, like not that I'm embarrassed now to get that stuff, but I certainly wouldn't get some fast food, sit down and just hang out and read the boxes to figure out which ones would be good for me. I certainly would not be doing that. But so I, I, uh, so we're sitting there, we find that and then we get, we get, we decide to get the three day monostat. So this bitch and I, I, now I know I've had a yeast infection. We did not have a yeast infection. We were just, you know, developing. Uh, but this bitch and I put yeast infection cream up our, our vaginas for three solid nights thinking it would change, you know, discharge, just regular old discharge. I don't remember if we ever really talked about it again, but in our feminine care aisle search, I need to look this up because I have never seen it before or since, but there were these little, there was a little blue box with yellow writing and it said in sync on it. And I think it said in like I N not like in sync, the like band, um, but it said in sync on it and it was a feminine care product. And it was like basically like a tampon, that I'm trying to look out of memory and I cannot believe I cannot. It was a, it was, it was like a tampon, but without the applicator. So, and it was like flat. So it was basically like a big flat piece of gauze that was like three inches long 
and then like two inches wide and then like flat gauze, right? And we couldn't figure out what it was supposed to do. So she and I decided that it probably just went in between our labia, like in our labia. So for a whole day, she and I put these in sync things in our labia and walked around school because we thought that that was supposed to prevent something. And I don't know if we ever talked about it again, talked about it since. I haven't thought about it until like, I don't know, two weeks ago when I was randomly on some podcast and was like, this is the time I need to tell them about how I used to put, how one day I put a big piece of gauze in my labia to catch what? I don't know. I mean, now I know like, and I don't know, a lot of guys, I don't even know if you guys know about the discharge. My friend said her husband, like not too long ago, she had her panties on the ground and it had like discharge in it, just like regular yuck. Sorry, so sorry. <laughs> I know that word is triggering for some people the way the word moist is upsetting for me. But so she she had her underwear on the ground and it and it had some discharge in it and her husband saw it and he went, oh, hey. And she was like, what? He goes, looks like someone got a little turned on today, huh? She was like, what? And then he like points to the discharge and he's like right there. And she's like, what? Do you not know about vaginal discharge? And he was like, oh my God, what? I don't understand how we're not teaching everyone about the woman body. I mean, we're, we're, we're certainly making a ton of laws to regulate it. I'm so mad. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, right after I record this, I think I'm going to look up what these in-sync things are. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I'm going to, I'm going to find it. Cause like part of me thinks, did we make that up? And I think, and it, I, it also might've been, I think it was to collect, uh, pee, like leakage. I think we put it where we were supposed to put it. I think like a lot of, like when a lot of times, most women I know after they've had a baby, uh, they pee their pants now, right? Their bladder is weakened. Their urethra is leak weakened. So like they'll, if they'll, they'll cough and they'll pee a little bit. And so I think it was to catch pee. I think I'm going to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you next week about this. I'll write it down in my notes. So I remember to look it up because you guys know I forget shit all the time, but I, I think, yeah, I think it was for pee. But my friend and I, my best friend and I wore those in our, in our labias for a whole day thinking that it would help our not yeast infections. I also did pee my pants quite a bit in those days. But when I would pee my pants, it wasn't like a little tinkle. It was like I'd full blown pee my pants. <laughs> so that tiny piece of gauze wasn't doing anything for anybody. Um, I was, when I was bartending last week, I wrote this down when I was bartending last week, we were talking about, uh, so a girl I was working with, she was talking about how she... Uh, tested positive for COVID uh, on a home test and then, you know, slept for five or six days and then, uh, or no, slept and then took like a PCR test, but she had already submitted her positive home test. So she lost the job, but then the PCR test came back as negative. So she asked the job and they're like, yeah, you should have done the PCR because that's actually more accurate or whatever. And we, so we were all talking about sickness and like what you do now, right? I had a little cold last week, but like, I was like, I, it's like a little sniffle, but I was telling him that. And I was like, I'm positive. It's just this. And we're like, remember how we used to just work really sick all the time. And then we started talking like, so I had this crazy boss at big wangs. This guy actually was the reason I dipped out of big wangs. And I, it was, I knew that one day I would thank this guy because I was there for so long that there was a chance I would just never have left Big Wangs, you know, like, but he was so awful. I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, my, the GM got fired, who was a good friend of mine. And this, this, uh, manager, his name is Marco, who gives a fuck if Marco listens to this. Hi, Marco. It's weird. You listen to my podcast. Um, but his name is Marco. And before Marco became the GM, he and I were like buddies, right? We'd smoke every day. We'd talk about everything. And he was a weird dude, but he was fine, right? He was young and he was fine. And then uh, the manager, the GM, who was a good friend of mine, got fired. And I, you know, the first, like I knew a lot about Big Wings. I was like the head bartender and server. I, that's not something I necessarily want to 
you know, embroider on a pillow. But I, you know, I was like, I knew all the regulars. I'd been there a really long time. And so I, you know, I came back from out of town. Um, they did it while I was out of town. Some tell me that wasn't a coincidence because I probably would have stood up for the GM. It was all really fucking sketchy. And the people that helped the GM get fired were good friends of mine. And I will never look at them the same again after this because they just, they just did this guy dirty, right? And so I went into the office, I looked at Marco and I was like, Hey man, I know that, uh, everyone seems to think that there's going to be like a team other guy and team you, uh, I don't feel that way. I'm team. I want to make the most money I can here. So I'm, you know, whatever you need, if you need like, you know, uh, regulars information or like whatever you need, I'm here. Right. He stands up. This guy looks me in the eye, shakes my fucking hand. And he goes, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And then I leave the office and then he looks at the other two managers who were friends of mine, by the way. So they immediately told me he looked at them and he goes, fuck that girl. She doesn't get everything she wants anymore. By the way, I did get a lot of good shifts and I got all, you know, I did get everything I wanted, but I also worked really, really hard at that bar. So like earned it. It wasn't like I like got grandfathered in and whatever who cares, right? But he was like, fuck that girl. So then he started having me waitress on dead Saturday afternoons and taking my football shifts and all this crazy shit. He ended up getting fired or quitting or leaving town or something because he dropped like, there's like, I guess in every kitchen, if there's some sort of fire and it's like, can't be put out, there's like a switch that drops foam on the kitchen. And so it like, you know, immediately puts out the fire, but it's like a $2,000 fix, which is better than whatever the fire would do. But he mistakenly did that and then just, quit like walked out the front door and never came back that was that was like a six months after I left but one of the days while I was there before I decided to quit and again when I quit I finally was like you know what man I know one day I'm going to be really grateful for this because this forced me out of this bar. God knows where I would be now if I like talk about sliding doors which I talk about sometimes on here but like so um <laughs> I just got really present and how wild it is that I'm able to just sit in my closet and completely talk to you guys for an hour and there's no like humans staring at me and I'm just talking and it's fine. Um, I'm having fun. I hope you are too. Uh, I did get a little emotional, but once again, I'm not giving up these boobs, baby. So one time I wanted, so before, so before I quit, I, uh, I, I got really sick one day and I called in and like, you know, like, I, you know, before COVID, the amount of times your bartenders, waitresses, bus boys, everyone that handled your fucking food was like on death's door sick. <laughs> Guys, I, every single one of us at least six times has worked. I worked with walking pneumonia one time. I know some people who are going into the bathroom every 20 minutes to throw up while they were serving your food because managers wouldn't allow you to call out. This is same with like, like ever like retail and shit. It's like, well, this girl is really sick. She needs to just stay home. Who cares if like these people have to wait an extra 10 minutes in line, but like corporate America, man. And so one day I was really sick and I, I called in and I was like, Hey, I'm really sick. I'm not going to be able to come. It was also like a day that no one was going to make. It, it wasn't like a money making day that I was needed there. You know what I mean? And the manager's like, hold on. And then he comes back. He goes, yeah, Marco says you either have to bring in, you ready for this? Bring in a Tupperware full of your vomit or you're going to get fired or you have to come in here. You need to prove your puking by showing us your puke. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? And the manager was like, no, that's what he said. And I was like, you know, that's fucking crazy, right? And he's like, yeah, that's just what he said. And I was like, well, tell him he can fire me. I'm going to go back to bed. I'm not puking in a Tupperware. And I was telling this to the girls I was working with last week at these, uh, these festivals. And then we all started talking about how many times we've had crazy ass managers be like, you need, like my old boss just told me that he bought a bunch of, uh, COVID tests. And if someone tests positive, he's going to wait five days and he's going to go to their house and he's going to make them take a test. And if they're, if they're, be if they're negative, even if they don't feel better, they better get back in and bartend. That's insanity. And also probably why we're all just giving each other the same head cold over and over and over again, because all of the people that serve us out in the world, target employees, fucking restaurant workers are just dog sick working. And then, I mean, the amount, and like, we're not washing our hands as we're sneezing and shit because you're busy in the weeds. I don't work and like now I, I, I refuse. I re so I worked at a hot dog on a stick 
years ago. And I've told you guys about this in one of the early episodes. Uh, I don't know. I used to have this problem that I was like afraid I wouldn't make enough money. So I would just take literally any job I saw. Like if I saw a now hiring sign, I would just like apply and just work. So I worked all these weird, really low paying jobs that didn't really make a dent in any of my bills, but it just like made me feel safe. And it was right when I first moved to Los Angeles. So I worked at Hot Dog on a Stick. And oh man, one of my biggest regrets in life, truly one of my biggest regrets is when I quit, I didn't steal that hat. Hot Dog on a Stick, if you don't live in Los Angeles, is like a hot dog stand that has like a really fun costume that there's like a hat and I always I've always looked really young but when I was 21 I looked like I was like 14 and we had to put all our hair up in this thing so I looked like a 12 year old but I was like 21 I was like older than all of my co-workers and um Oh, one of my coworkers, Farah, took my first headshot, which I will post with this episode for the whole first headshot day or whatever. Uh, she took my headshots and they're, they were fine, but she charged me so much. And then later people were like, you had someone charge you that much for that? I had no idea. It was brand new to LA, right? Everyone, there, there's so many books if you moved to LA that'll like tell you how to operate in LA. But one of the things they talk about is not getting had with headshots because anyway, so my bo- like my boss was like this like 16 year old girl and I had walking pneumonia. I was so sick. And so I come in. I don't know why I called, didn't call her, but I came in and I was like, hey, Brittany, I am really sick. I, I don't think I should be working. And it was like a rainy day. I remember it being really rainy and no one at the mall. And she was like, well, you have to work. It's just me. And I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I have walking pneumonia. And she was like, all right. I was like, I don't think I should be handling anybody's food. And she goes, all right, fine. Just go in the back and do dishes. That's what you'll do today. It's just do all the dishes. And I was like, okay. And this, by the way, cured me of like being freaked out. I wouldn't make enough money because I was sitting there and I was washing dishes and I'm like close to passing out. And, you know, probably half hour, an hour of that. And I walk out to Brittany. I made up her name. I don't remember her name. I couldn't pick this bitch out of lineup. I went out and I was like, hey, Brittany, um, I'm going to go home. I'm fine. I don't need to work here. I'm really sick. And I, I don't think it's like safe for me to be working. And she was like, what? And I was like, so I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks for my paycheck. I don't know if I ever went back for it. It was probably like $40. Minimum wage at the time was like seven bucks. And I worked like seven hours a week, right? And so she was like, well, you have to leave your uniform back there when you leave. Because one of my biggest top five biggest regrets in my life is that I didn't steal that fucking hat because it's really hard to get that hat. Like you can't rent it. I don't believe like everyone is oh, biggest regret. Like what the fuck did I care? Um, but uh, the amount of times and I get the flip side of it from like employers that so many people lie about being sick that when people are actually sick, no one believes them. <sighs> the human race. Am I right? I can't believe I told you guys about my labia. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Uh, I think that's the episode. I have a poop scoop. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to tell you why I'm one lucky broad. Uh, I'm one lucky broad. You know, I am one lucky broad that I am pulling out of this funk and I'm one lucky broad. You know, I'm one lucky broad that my days aren't all sad. So I notice when they are. I know that sounds really fucked up, but I was really sad all the time for a long, long time. So now when I'm sad, I notice it more, if that makes any sense. And I'm grateful. I'm one lucky broad that I'm cultivating a life that I'm really happy in. And when I am in a funk, I know how to get out of it. And I'm grateful I've recorded this today. Uh, I don't know what I talked about. Uh, kind of I do, but I, mean, I wrote it down in front of me. But uh, I'm really grateful that I, I, did, I did talk today. I did come on here today and I showed up. I do always feel better after I record one of these and I'll, I'll get back on track with the Patreon. Uh, this week you'll probably get a, uh, you know, tomorrow or the next day I'll get the next week's episode out. So you guys can get your early access. I appreciate you supporting me on Patreon. If you're able to do it, I would love it. Patreon.com slash Kim crawl. I have two bonus episodes a month and then some other fun stuff if you want. 
There's a signed headshot in there that I will send you if you're a certain tier. Or if you just want the signed headshot, it's a bikini shot. Uh, Fimbo me 10 bucks and I'll, and your address and I'll send it and I'll send it. And uh, it's a, uh, it's 22 year old Kim on a, on a orange couch. It was a, my first bikini shot ever. I was nervous, but I look hot. So that's exciting. Um, and then there's two bonus episodes, one with comedian Jeff May. Oh, fine. We have a podcast. Last month, we got in a huge fight. Uh, it's all in love, I guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, it is in love. And then I have my sexual revolution, which, you know, I'm all closed up right now because I am so, I don't know, tired of having crushes and being disappointed. But that will probably change by next week because that is how it works, isn't it? Um, all right. You ready for this poop scoop? This one will be anonymous. Um, I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about this because I know this person in a world that I did not know he listened to the podcast. Um, and he was responding to a different email for the world I know him in. And then was like, hey, here, uh, I, you know, here is, uh, here is something as atonement. Please accept it. And he said, nameless in return. And of course, it's accepted. I was so excited. And I was so excited that you listened to this. Um, thank you. And if you want to send me your poop scoops, please do kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. It means the world to me. Uh, I don't know how many more ways I can tell you that. Uh, if you want, they could be anonymous. They can, you can say your name. Um, if you want to make like a voice memo, no one's done that yet, but make a voice memo and tell the story on your own. I can insert it here. That would be really exciting. I might even put music to it. I actually would be really excited if someone did that. Um, okay, here we go. Quite a few years. Oh, also remember, I have a hard time reading out loud in times in situations like this. So we stutter some. Okay. Quite a few years ago, probably when I was about 17, my family and I were headed out, <clears throat> heading out to see the Phantom of the Opera in San Francisco. Ooh. We love getting gussied up in a, I, we love getting gussied up in a good suit and polished shoes. A few hours before heading to the theater, we stopped for dinner. We made our way to the Orpheum Theater and found our seats. Wow. Orpheum Theater? I think that's what it is. It was, I am so cultured. It was at this point when I found, when I, when I could not feel my, why can't I read? It was this point, at this point, <clears throat> when I could feel my stomach bubble, bubble, which was leading to goodly boil trouble, boil and trouble. Oh no. I let it sit thinking I should be able to make it to intermission and I didn't want to miss the opening. I mean, come on. It's such an incredible start to the show, but that bubble bubble was working its way through. You never gamble. I gamble all the time, but I also ship my pants a lot. I could feel my body begin to heat up and my face get warm and knew I wasn't going to last. So I headed to the restroom. It was at that point when I stood up and everything shifted. I knew I could wear very well be in spectacular trouble and easily drop a liquid chandelier of my own. I love this wording. I love it when you guys do this. I became super focused. And as I hit the doors, I'm sure I had a pale look on my face when all I could get out was restroom. <laughs> at which... At which seeing a sign didn't wait for an answer or maybe the gentleman answered, but I didn't hear as I was in complete prevention mode and needed all my focus <laughs> to keep my body under control. I headed straight to the restroom with the gentleman in tow. It, it'll become clear as to how I know that now. At this point, I'm already undoing my belt, knowing I couldn't wait for formalities as if I did, there'd be an opera needed. <laughs> there'd be an opera needed from the, the cleaning staff. Oh no. So I push open the door, seeing the two long lines of stalls lining the walls on both sides, pushing my way to the first stall as I'm dropping my pants, not even letting the door, not even letting the door, seeing the too long, wait, why not even letting the door to the stall close, sorry, before close fully before acting, entering my act one. It was at this point I could hear the gentleman on the outside saying, sir, sir, echoing, oh no, echoing in into of this 
bathroom and followed up with, sir, are you all right? Only this time outside the stall and coming and, and a different voice. And what I know now, a women's voice, I replied, yes, thank you. Oh my God. He pooped in the women's bathroom. Though I did miss the first scene. Looking back on this, the situation could have been far more embarrassing than a simple mistake of bathrooms by a 17 year old. By 17 year old. Oh, and then he said, I apologize again. I hope you had a great rest of your week. Incredible rest of your week. Thank you. That was so good. I mean, as a 17 year old, blowing out the wrong bathroom is a nightmare. Is a nightmare. Because, like, girls terrify you, I'm sure, as a 17 year old boy. Girls terrified me as a 17 year old girl. Girl, sort of boys. Oh my God, that's so good. I love those stories, you guys. Everyone has one. Everyone. Uh, so please send me one, kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. Um, and that's the episode. If you, uh, I mean, you know the drill. If you get a second, please leave me a rating review. If you want to join Patreon, that's awesome. I wrote a book, Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl. You can get it at Amazon or my website. And I think that is the show. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Hope you are staying safe and being kind. Talk to you soon. Bye.